On this podcast, we're going to be talking about Easter and hospitality. Welcome to the B-Side, a Blessed Hope podcast where we turn over the sermon notes and answer those lingering questions. So we're so happy that you're joining us on this Holy Week, and I'm Vince, and I'm with Matt again, and we're going to be talking about Easter to start and then transitioning that into uh, hospitality. And so there's some things that we wanted to cover about uh, Easter, and so Matt, you want to cover some of those, and I can take whatever you don't pick yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're just—I I mean, we'll start with saying this. Uh, you know, happy, happy Easter uh, to you guys that are listening, and and I hope that uh, even though it's cold and wet and there's snow on the ground, that, that you're able to kind of get into the the feel of of Holy Week and and starting to get reflective and and celebrate, uh, talk about these things with your family, and um, you know, I, I know this is this is a time of year that uh, it's easy to get distracted. Um, I mean, listen, I love Cadbury cream eggs. Uh, peeps are pretty awesome. Cadbury's uh, had the same commercial for 20 years. Right, that, that's staying power. You know, they're delicious. Uh, you know, I like jelly beans. I'm not mad at the Easter bunny. I get, you know, this, this, this whole thing about Easter, I, I love it, the same as, as everybody else. But in there, it's awfully easy to get sidetracked. Uh, and, and I'm going to go a step further. Not only is it easy to get sidetracked with all of the trappings of kind of commercial Easter, which again, I'm not mad at any of those. I love to get an Easter basket, mm-hmm. right? I like a chocolate bunny. But it's easy to get distracted, but then it's also pretty easy what I found just in a couple of days this week, going to a couple of different places and being involved with a couple of different things that were about Holy Week, mm-hmm. that it's awfully easy to let religious ritual Mm. substitute for really focusing and reflecting and just being immersed in in what Easter is and what it Mm -hmm. signifies Mm -hmm. and and why it's the most important holiday that we have on our calendars. Uh, And so I just, I'd encourage everybody to really, you know, as we we start reflecting and thinking about Easter this week, just to really dig in and and get in the scriptures and Mm -hmm. read through the gospels Mm -hmm. and and start to, to just kind of put yourself in the story and understand what Jesus has done for us, because it is just that important. Yeah, so this coming Sunday at Blessed Hope, we have our Easter egg hunt at nine o'clock, and we're going to be in the sanctuary. It's, I mean, we have snow on the ground right now, and even if it melts, it's going to be gross and sloppy, even sloppier than last year, Yeah, uh, which it was always funny to me that we had little girls in their white Sunday Easter tights. And they're out there just flinging mud up and down their dresses. And <laughs> yeah, well, you know, here's the thing. It's weird. We're going to have photo stations here. Mm-hmm. So families can come and get a, a nice, you know, they dress up in their Easter clothes and, and they can get a nice family photo taken um, behind our, our decorated backdrop, you know, and all of that. And, and before that, though, they're, they're going to go out and get themselves all muddied up mm-hmm. um, hunting for Easter eggs. And so, yeah, I think... Um, this year, because of the weather and because of how early Easter is and some of those things, it makes sense just to have it here in the sanctuary. But, uh, you know, the egg hunt is a great example, you know, of something that we do to make it easy to invite people. Yeah. Right? So, uh, I mean, here's the thing. We want church to be attractive to the community. We know that our message is not always going to be attractive. We know our message is always going to be necessary. Mm-hmm. Our message sometimes, though, is going to feel 
biting. And our message sometimes is going to rub people the wrong way because we are going to always be preaching the cross of Jesus Christ, that we by nature are sinful and broken and we need uh, salvation and forgiveness and it's only available through Jesus. And that message rubs the world the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And we won't apologize for that, but we want people to hear that message. And yeah. so we try to be, and we've talked about this, I don't know how many times before, Vince, but we try to be so um, engaging to the culture that we live in. And so mm-hmm. things like a photo station, come and take a family picture. Yeah. Uh, things like having donuts and coffee and juice um, at nine o'clock for people that come in so they can... Um, mess with their family stuff in, in Easter egg hunts before they get to church. And if they don't get a chance to eat breakfast or, hey, come here and there's donuts and coffee and juice and you can have a little nourishment, mm-hmm. uh, our Easter egg hunt. All of those things are designed to, to bring people to this place where they're willing and, and they're excited to come to church so that we can earn the right to share the gospel yeah. with them. And, and alongside that, we have Patina Patch. Uh, oh, providing... yeah, that's cool. A, a great craft for us uh, this year for Easter. Uh, that's one of those things where um, we as uh, a children's ministry have uh, moved away from kind of the craft-based curriculum and the craft-based lessons just because we know from experience that parents are going to hang that on the fridge for maybe a day or two and it's going to go in the garbage. And so not only we're killing a lot of trees doing that, and it's not always super effective or super useful. So this year for Easter we have a wooden uh, craft that we're going to have, and it's going to be something that you actually want to put on your wall. Yeah, this is, I've seen those. I saw the, the, the one they, they made ahead of time to show us what they were thinking. By the way, the, the reason we're doing this too, Patina Patch is a local, for those of you that aren't aware, it's a local uh, company that does this kind of thing, mm-hmm. crafting thing, and uh, they've agreed to partner with us. We're so grateful to them. In fact, they're donating um, all of the supplies, all of the materials, yeah. and their time um, to, to do this with our, our kids mm-hmm. in children's church, our elementary age kids. And so we're so grateful to them. But uh, uh, this, is, this is not a, a chintzy little, you know, construction paper kind of a, mm-hmm. uh, water paint set kind of a deal. This is a significant, you know, piece yeah. of artwork that we'll be able to hang in our living rooms or in our kids' rooms and, mm-hmm. and, and just kind of mm-hmm. use it as a marker. Um, and so we're really excited about that too. Yeah, so uh, we're going to jump into, we're going to talk about uh, inviting people how to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we do that, I want to jump into some, some Bible when it comes to hospitality. Yeah. Uh, because I think sometimes uh, we can have conversations about different things, uh, but not always ground it in the, the thousand foot level when it comes to, like, how, why does God say hospitality is so important? Or why does the Bible say it's sure. so important? So uh, we're going to run through this real quick because we have, uh, we want to get to the practical tips and uh, stuff for that. But the first one is uh, we go to Hebrews chapter 13 verses, verse 2, and it talks about, you never know, you may be entertaining angels, um, which begs the question, like, is that something that we see in scripture happening? And is that something that's viable for now? Yeah. I, well, I mean, the, the, first of all, let's just look at the idea. The idea that I need to practice my Good hospitality. And, and I, I mean, I think if we're all real honest, there are times when we are geared up and ready to be hospitable, mm-hmm. um, where, where we've got our game face on and we know companies coming in, so we're ready for that. And then there are other times when um, somebody knocks on the door and we weren't expecting them yep. and, and uh, we got we to gotta hurry up and, and, and kind of spruce up the house a little bit or get mm-hmm. ready or, or just bite the bullet and let them in, into the mess. Yeah. Um, 
but just the idea that um, our hospitality matters uh, in general, but specifically the author of Hebrews is saying, because you might be entertaining angels. Like, Mm -hmm. think about how you would get ready if you knew that angelic beings were coming over to your place. I mean, yeah. you would get ready. You would, you would dust, you would vacuum, you would scrub the bathroom floors, you would put out a spread uh, for them to enjoy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would get prepared. I, I might invite them to somebody else's house because <laughs> my yeah. apartment is not always the cleanest. So I might just say, hey, let's go, let's go over to Matt's house. Or, but no, they, they, yeah, and it's so huge. And I think one of the th- things that we see in the Old Testament that backs up this, the writer of Hebrews, because the Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews doesn't just kind of pull this out of thin air. Like, yeah, oh, he's not just making stuff up. This would be really cool to put in a, a, a letter. Uh, we see this in the story of the Oaks of Mamre, where Abraham and Jacob, the, or not, <laughs> Abraham and Sarah are, you know, they have this promise from God that they're going to have a child, and they're just kind of chilling uh, in the land, and all of a sudden, these three angels come to them at a place called Oaks of Mamre. It's kind of this, I don't know, you'd say like Third Street or whatever. Sure. Um, and so they come, and they are literally entertaining angels. They slaughter a lamb, and they have this big conversation. And so we see this playing out in the Old Testament. Another place we play, see this playing out, not so positively, is Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, angels come and they come into the city and they get treated horribly. There's, they have hospitality from, from Lot and his family, but from the rest of the city, they are treated hostily, unwelcomed, um, and yeah, abusively. And that's putting it mildly. That's right? very mild. And yeah. so uh, <laughs> this, you is, can, this is the family rated version. You'll have to read that for yourself. You can read the rest Genesis of that. Genesis 19. Yeah. yeah. And then one that nobody really talks about is the call of Gideon. I mean, we all, I love the Gideon story, um, but right before Gideon gets called, we get told that an angel comes down and sits underneath of a tree and then appears to Gideon as he's uh, treading the wine press. So those are just three Old Testament stories that deal with entertaining angels. Yeah, and, and I, think, I think in context, what the author of Hebrews is talking about there is not saying, hey, guys, if you're lucky, angels will show up. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we get prepared to receive guests on Easter Sunday here at the church, we're not doing it because we're hopeful that an <laughs> angel will come through the door. Although, how cool would that be? You know, yeah. um, and, and I suppose God could do that, but that's, that's not what we're preparing for. But what the author of Hebrews says is, hey, you greet people in this way, because here's what's happened in the past. Mm. It's maybe what could happen in the future, but this is the mode that you should be preparing and being hospitable and be greeting all of your guests and all of your visitors, you should be marked by the kind of hospitality that would be ready for angels. Yeah. And so, I mean, if we think about that, that when we talk hospitality on a Sunday morning and why that's so important for us to, to be ready to greet people and to make people feel welcome and to get them connected and, and, and to do all of that, it's because scripturally speaking, we have a command mm-hmm. to have the kind of hospitality, hospitality that we would be proud to put in yeah. front of an angel. Definitely. And, and hospitality is so important to Jesus in mm-hmm. his earthly life and his earthly ministry. You can go through all four of the Gospels, and he's constantly uh, being invited or inviting himself to, to people's homes to have dinner and to, to engage with them. And one of the stories, Luke chapter 7, uh, and verses 44 through 45, where 
Jesus has, is at these Pharisees' ha- homes, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, this woman comes in, and she starts to, to weep on his feet and uh, wet his feet with her tears and wipe it up with her, her hair, and she's kissing his feet. And the Pharisees are like, uh... And that's, you, that's a bad woman touching you right now. Yeah, like, that is not... She, she, she hangs out in parts of the city that good men don't go. And Jesus responds with, like, what are you talking about? Like, I came into your house, and you didn't provide me any water for my feet. You didn't anoint my head, and you didn't even give me a kiss, which in that time was like a handshake. You didn't even shake my hand when I walked into your home. He's like, and she has, hasn't stopped kissing my feet. And his whole point is, you know, she has loved a lot, and so she's been forgiven a lot. Um, but that story to me just illustrates so poignantly how important hospitality is to Jesus. Yeah, it's a big deal. And, uh, and I think as a church, and we've talked about this before at different times here at the church, but, but this is a great time to reiterate it because this is Easter Sunday is a big Sunday for um, two additional types of folks. Okay, uh, and and so I mean, let's just let's talk about this a little bit. You know, we have our regular folks that show up on Sundays. Well, they're going to be here also, yep. and we're thrilled that they're here. But the onus of hospitality kind of lands on those folks. So, so hear me, church. If you are a regular attender at Blessed Hope Church, then um, the job of hospitality falls on, to a large degree, you on Sunday mornings, especially on Easter morning, because we know that there are two other groups that will probably be here in, in, in a good um, click, you know, then we'll see a lot of them. And those are the folks that we've been inviting because we've had a big push to invite people because people are more willing to accept an invitation to church um, on Easter weekend, mm-hmm. uh, Christmas and Easter. And, and they're just more willing. It's more, it's in the air. It's, it, it's part of the culture. I mean, we know, even though we've secularized Easter, we know what Easter is. Yeah. Easter is a Christian holiday. It's about Jesus. And so people that are, that are, are, are um, maybe not normally coming to church are willing to accept an invitation. And so we're going to have guests. And the other folks we're going to have on Sunday is we're going to have people that call Blessed Hope home. Mm-hmm. But that don't really make it their home. Right. So people that are here maybe three or four times a year, and if you mm-hmm. ask them in the hospital, hey, you know, what church do you go to? Or, you know, like, hey, do you want a pastor to visit you? They would say, oh, yeah, Blessed Hope, that's my church. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're not known here right. because this isn't really a place where they're regularly a part of. And so we want to be hospitable towards visitors and people that want this to be their home and are looking for maybe invitations mm-hmm. in uh, to the yeah. body and to the family and the church here. And so we want to really be working hard at that. And, and so there's a couple of things that I would just encourage our folks to do. Mm-hmm. Um, one is talk to people you don't know. Yeah. Like one of the things, I'm going to be honest with you, Vince, one of the things that drives me more crazy than anything else when it comes to this idea of hospitality is the fact that um, we could pretend to be a friendly church. And we can pretend to be a friendly church because on a Sunday morning, there are a lot of people that are talking and interacting and having conversations with each other. Yeah. I mean, that's just common. It's common on a Sunday morning to see tons of our folks mm-hmm. visiting and laughing and smiling and sharing stories. The problem is this. What we tend to do is we tend to have those friendly conversations with people that we know well. Yeah. And so while we feel like it's this friendly place to be, 
our visitors who don't already have those connections, mm -hmm. they're kind of left out. Yeah, I picture uh, for anybody that's struggling with this, I don't know why they would, but picture it like uh, a kid's birthday party. Mm -hmm. um, there, you invite all sorts of kids to a birthday party. Not all of them are going to be your child's best friends. And, and the, the, the challenge to your kid is to make them all feel welcome. And it, nothing is sadder than when a kid gets invited to a birthday party and doesn't get included in any of the real activities. Right. Um, so they're that, there, yeah. but they don't feel like they're a part of and it. And they're probably not coming back for the next birthday party, yeah. you know? And so we want people to be part of this celebration of what God has done. Yeah. So church, here's what I need you to do. I need you to talk to people you don't know. I mean, honestly, say good morning, say hello to people that you know well. And, and if you feel like you need time to catch up with them, then you know what? Plan a lunch date, plan a coffee date, get in a small group, something. Mm -hmm. But, but on Sunday morning, uh, especially this week, but on every Sunday morning, I need, I, I, I'm encouraging you to, to talk to people you don't know. And here's the thing, even if you should know them, if you don't, yeah. it's okay. I can't tell you how many Sunday mornings I start off a conversation with somebody that I'm not sure if they're a visitor or not. Mm -hmm. And it's just, a, uh, it's just this simple thing. And I, I ask the question, hey, have, have we met before? And sometimes the answer is, well, yeah, actually, we met last week. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. Will you remind me your name? Mm -hmm. And we feel like that's going to be awkward, but it's not. Yeah. And a lot of times the answer is, no, actually, this is my first time. Or, well, I was here last week, but, but we didn't get a chance to meet. And then I get to know them a little yeah. bit. And so first things first, man, talk to people you don't know. And if I could add one more caveat mm -hmm. to that, do it with a glad heart yeah. and do it without an eye on the next conversation. Right. If I'm going to sit down and talk to, uh, to, to Sally, and I've never met Sally before, and, and I, I go introduce myself, and I ask her how she's doing, and I'm glad she's here, and what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to make Sally um, the priority. Right. And when that conversation is over, mm -hmm. then I'm going to go engage in another one. But I'm not mm -hmm. going to cut that one short because I got somebody else to go talk to. Right. Right. One of the things I like to do, because sometimes we get to know people, mm -hmm. but we don't know their names. Uh, we know about them, or we've been introduced to them two or three times. We're talking about the people that have, would call us home, but aren't yeah. here regularly. Sure. Uh, one of the things that I, I trick is like, hey, I know your face. I can't remember. Because I think for, for me, from my perspective, that lets them know that I, I know who you are, but I cannot place your name. And so that's one of those small little things. If you're awkward at this, just like, hey, I know your face, uh, but I can't remember your name. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. That's a, it's an easy little trick, but part of it is just getting over ourselves and right. being willing. So a couple other things. I, I, I would say, first of all, make sure you do that in the sanctuary too. You know, even when we're good at greeting our guests, sometimes what happens is we greet them well when they walk through the door, uh, and, and then they come in and they sit down like in a, the sanctuary. It's like a barrier that once right. you cross under the sanctuary, you can only sit with people you know. Right. So, so you know what? In the sanctuary, sit by guests. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe that's out of your normal area that you sit in, but yeah, I mean, come on, we're better than that, aren't we? Mm -hmm. So sit with guests, go talk to guests. You know, if they've got kids, offer to show them where kids go. Kids are always welcome in the sanctuary, but if they want to be where the other kids are, hey, let me, let me walk you down there. Yeah. Is it convenient? No, but you're worth it. 
as a guest. I'm being hospitable. Mm -hmm. It's it's the kind of effort I would put out for an angel, so I better put it out for everybody else that shows up too. And it's it's just making an effort. A couple of other little things that we do that are hospitable without even talking to people. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know what? Regulars that that, uh, don't have a physical um, difficulty, park far away. Yeah. You know what? It's great that, that we've got parking spaces close to the building. And I, I tell you what, I'll use myself as an example. So on Monday through Friday when I'm here, mm-hmm. I park in the closest space to the door that I can find. Yeah. I know, because usually I beat you here and you have mm-hmm. to park further away. Well, sometimes if it's, if it's snowing or raining, I park even underneath the, the, the canopy. The yeah. canopy, because so, I don't want to clean that up. Monday through Friday <laughs> when it's just me, Okay, or it's just the staff here, I park close, but on a Sunday morning, you can usually find me on the wrong end of the parking lot at the far end of it. Mm-hmm. I'm as far away as I can be um, because I don't feel like I need to take up... It drives me nuts when you go to some churches that have pastor reserved parking right in front. Yeah. I'm not more important than anybody else. In fact, I'm less important. Yeah, I'm... I want the visitors to have the good parking spots. What an what a easy way to show uh, and be live out that Christ said, you know, if you want to be first, you got to be last. And what an easy way to do that in parking, just park farther away. Park farther away, yeah. And you know what? Because we're going to be crowded, because we're going to be crowded. Hey, if you're a regular here, maybe park down uh, in the back of the church even, because we're anticipating a full church and a full parking lot. So you know what? Maybe, maybe I won't even park far away. Maybe I'll drive around to the back of the church and Mm -hmm. park there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it convenient? No, of course not. But you know what? It honors our guests when they can get here and find easy parking. We don't, have to, we don't want them to walk two miles just to get into the building. And they may not even stay. Right. If they get here and they have to, they have to figure out where they're supposed to park because all the spaces are gone, they're more than likely just to leave the parking lot and drive on home. And then you know what the problem with that is? Is that when I'm in here preaching the gospel message of Jesus Christ, they aren't here. Right. And that would be tragic. And so let's fix that. And here's another thing I'll say is a way to be hospitable that's not even necessarily about talking to people. Um, Sit in the front of the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. You know, most people naturally, and it's fine, it doesn't bother me, but most people naturally come in and they want to sit in the back. Mm -hmm. And so people that come in later end up having to gravitate towards the front. Well, you know what? Our guests don't necessarily want to sit in front. They're trying to figure this out. They're trying to navigate. They're not going to want to be all the way up in front. But you know what? Our regulars, they could do that for our guests. They could mm-hmm. come sit up front and don't sit on the ends. If there's nobody in the middle of an aisle, hey, we plan it being a full service. Scooch to the middle yep. so that um, you, know, you don't have to take people's space. We've got our, our overflow seats up front on the side. Those aren't mm-hmm. desirable seats, but you know what? Hey, maybe sit there first. Yeah. Uh, don't wait till they're needed and then expect our late arrivers and visitors to go over there and sit there, but you go take yeah. those seats. It's just a matter of honoring our guests uh, by making that intentional decision. So if I've parked far away, I've sat in undesirable seats, yep. I've uh, talked to a guest, I've shown them where their kids can go. I've shown them where the bathroom, the coffee. I've, I've been hospitable. Sure. What's my next step? Well, I, what is I would, there one? Oh, there is. Yeah, I'd say so far you're doing great. You get an A. Yes. Right? But um, I think it's time for extra credit. All right. Right? And so here, here's what I would be great. Hey, when people show up at church one time, 
that's a win for us because um, we get to love them. We get to interact with them. We get to show them what kind of people we are. We get to sing praises and pray for them. And we get to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. When they're here, even one time, that is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But you know what's even better than that? When they come back. Right. And when they come back, we get a chance to continue to share the gospel because there's no guarantee they're going to respond to the gospel the first time they hear it. Yeah, no. um, there's no guarantee of that. Uh, and we want to continue. And even if they do, then we want to pour into them and disciple them and help them grow up. And, and so we want them to come back. And so one of the easiest things to do is invite them out to lunch. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing. We did this on purpose. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if people realize that, that we're pretty sneaky with the way we plan things. Yeah. Man, we know what we're doing here. And so sometimes, sometimes, (laughs) sometimes. So here's what we've done. We've scheduled a pizza with a pastor, Mm -hmm. which is a great time for visitors and people that are interested in the church to come eat a free lunch, find out about the church, get to know myself and Carrie and the staff at the church and, and what we're about. But here, here's the thing. We didn't schedule that for the week after Easter. Mm. Ask me why. Why? We didn't schedule that for the week after Easter because I want the week after Easter to be a week that, hey, if you come back next Sunday, I would love to have lunch with you after the service. Yeah. So let's say you're a visitor on Easter morning, mm-hmm. and I shake your hand, and I meet you, and you say, hey, I'm Vince, because that's your name, Yep. Um, so that works. And you're like, hey, I'm, I'm Vince, and I'm like, I'm Matt, and this is my family, and, and you introduced me to yours, and, and we have this connection. And I'm going to say, you know what, Vince? Um, you know, today's Easter, so I know we've all got things to do, but are you going to be here next week? Because I would love to take you out to lunch. Yeah. And, and it's a hook. Yeah. What it does is it, is it gives this hook. So one, if Vince, come ba- if Vince comes back next week, one, he knows he's got a friend. He right. knows he's got somebody that he knows and can talk to. And two, it gives him this reason to come back because mm-hmm. not only is he going to have a good time here at church, but we're going to go have lunch yeah. afterwards. And if lunch on a Sunday doesn't work for you and your family, then you know what? Hey, would you like to sit down for coffee this week? Yeah. Let's make a, a, a coffee date in the morning before uh, we both head off to work, or let's, let's sit down for lunch if you can sneak away from the office, or mm-hmm. um, invite them over to your home, something, yeah. but try to make that relational connection. Uh, and, and that's specifically, honestly, why we moved pizza with the pastor back a week, mm-hmm. so that we'd leave mm-hmm. that buffer for people to be hospitable and be the church with other folks. All right, so we've been good guests. We've parked in spots we're not, we don't want to, sat in seats that we're uh, a little uncomfortable with, and we've invited uh, this person to lunch for the week after. Uh, what are some things that I can put in front of a guest uh, that will be attractional to them, that will want them to come back to this physical location? Yeah, you know what? And again, that's a way that we has, as staff and, and leaders in the church have tried to plan to help you. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, our goal is to help our church be so inviting and encouraging and, and welcoming. Uh, and so we've got a couple of things that we're really excited about. They're going to be coming up in the next eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we like to think of them as anchors. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, we know that the more you get plugged into things, the more likely you are to grow up. Mm-hmm. And so coming back is a good start. And so we've planned for the week after Easter, we've planned what we think is a great attractional series that Mm -hmm. will speak to needs that people have. It's called What Keeps You Up at Night. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we all have anxieties that either we wake up in the middle of the night and our brain starts 
running and we toss and we turn and we can't get to sleep because we just we're thinking and it's it's kids it's our adult parents mm-hmm. that we're not sure what to do with as as they get mm-hmm. later in life and mm-hmm. and our teenagers and our young ones and it's work that's so stressful and is too much or it's not finding work yeah uh, it's money and being in debt and having all of these financial obligations or for a lot of us it's just marriage mm-hmm. because you know marriage can be wonderful but it's also the biggest fight that a lot of us have in our lives. Yep. Um, and so we're going to deal with those things in that What Keeps You Up at Night series. It's rooted in Scripture, and it's going to teach people some good biblical things, but it's going to be encouraging to people that have needs. It's yeah. going to speak to where they're at. After that, we're going to do a series, a short one, called Battle of the Sexes. That's going to be a lot of fun, talking about what biblical men and biblical women are like. Uh, how God created them. We've planned a Mother's Day extravaganza. Ooh, I like that So word. all you have to do is invite the women in your life to come mm-hmm. to church with you. And we're going to actually prepare and serve. The men of the church are going to prepare and serve breakfast before church. 8.30. Um, 8.30. We're going to serve breakfast to the women of the church, not just moms, but all the women in our mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have photo stations set up so that when you um, come, you can families and, and, and maybe a, a gift or a flower to take home as well. And then the week after that, to kind of wrap up the school year on May 20th, mm-hmm. we have got, after the church service, we have got um, just this awesome time planned. We're going to have church and it's going to be great. We're going to worship. And then after that, we're going to go and we're going to have the huge grill going. We're going to have burgers and dogs and, and mm-hmm. food and, and we're going to have some, some snow cones and some cotton candy and some of that other stuff, and we're going to have a bounce house, and we're going to have games for the kids to play, and basically we're having an end-of-the-school carnival, mm-hmm. end-of-the-school-year carnival happening right here at the church, um, out, outside on the property as soon as the service is over, mm-hmm. and so that's going to be a great thing to, to invite people to, hey, come back to that. Bring mm-hmm. your kids. It's going to be great. Shouldn't be any snow by then. No, with any luck, all the <laughs> snow will be gone by May 20th. So... This is one of those areas, we're going to wrap up right now, but hospitality, inviting people, making those connections, uh, not just saying, oh, hey, glad you're here, and then moving on, but really engaging with that person. It's so critical and so valuable because it's all about the gospel, and I think sometimes we... We forget that. Yeah, I don't want anybody to hear us talking about being hospitable and, and showing um, all of this, this uh, hospitality to our guests and these hooks and anchors that we have to try to keep people coming back. I don't want anybody to listen to this and go, man, Matt and Vince, they are just worried about making the church bigger. I- I'm going to be honest. I am mm. worried about making the church bigger, Yeah, but not... To the say reasons it's that they think they, yeah, I don't want anybody to think I'm worried about the church being bigger so that I can be like, oh, hey, I'm Matt Hans, and we have a huge church now, and that's yeah. all because of, no, 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 come on, that, that's, if you think that about me, you don't know me, and we need to have yeah. a conversation, right? <laughs> if you think that about Vince, then, then you've never had a heart-to-heart conversation with Vince about his passion. Here's why we want the church to be bigger. Here's why we want people to come, and, and I'll just be as blunt with you as I possibly can be, because hell is real. Mm-hmm. And because with as many churches as there are in town, there are not that many churches that believe in hell, that believe in the gospel, and that are teaching people what it means to be saved and right with the God of the universe. Yeah. And I cannot rest. I can't sleep mm-hmm. sometimes because of this. I Sometimes it, it keeps me up at night tossing and turning, and it drives me and pushes me the fact that I live in a community where people are going to hell. Yeah. And, and 
oh, that's just, that, that should wreck us. Well, and if hospitality is that one thing, or inviting them to a, a lunch after the next week's service is that one thing that keeps them from going to another place where they're not going to hear the gospel and then giving up, it's so worth it. Right. It's, oh, it's inconvenient. It's inconvenient. I don't care. Hell is just Hell's terrible. Right. I mean, so we, we as a church, man, we are better than that, and we have to be better than mm-hmm. that. And, and, and we need to take these mandates seriously. The author of Hebrews can't be more clear. You entertain people. You have hospitality that you would be proud of mm-hmm. on the off chance that you were entertaining angels. And yeah. you know what, church? We got to take that super seriously. So I can't wait for Easter and wait for this stuff to get worked out. Yeah, 2,000 Easter eggs. I'm just throwing that out there. I forgot to mention that at the beginning. 2,000 is a lot of Easter eggs. Yeah, especially since we're going to put them in the sanctuary. So kids will get plenty of eggs. There will be plenty of candy. But yeah, we need a lot of kids here to find all those Easter eggs. Yeah. I have a feeling the church service will start, and there'll still be some hidden under <laughs> chairs or whatnot. So snacks so. during the service. So hey, thank you so much, uh, Vince, for, for bringing this topic up and, and, and letting us talk about it, because I think this is so critically important. Mm-hmm. Thank you.